This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And hour number two of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. This is the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're in a real good rhythm, J. Doc, coming out of hour number one. Great opening hour tonight uh, with Sam Pond, who was with us, and then Richard Hooker, president of Teamsters Local 623. We're action-packed for hour number two with the John Doherty Hour. As a matter of fact, we never ultimately get into the John Doherty Hour without being able to make that statement, but we're extra loaded uh, tonight. 7.15, Pennsylvania Senator Anthony Williams will be with us. We'll bring the senator in right at 7.15, and then a little bit later on, we have two special guests coming on uh, at 7.35, but let's get to it. Let's get the opening show. I'll give you some opening remarks, and we'll get the host of the show, John Doherty, into the broadcast. Yeah, uh, lots, lots going on. Certainly, um, one of the things that we're going to uh, talk about, obviously, uh, you know, the the, the mayor, uh, with the, the craziness that's going on in this city with the gun violence and the shootings. You look at what happened at Roxburgh High School, uh, and and one was uh, four kids were shot coming home from practice, leaving practice. One was killed, 14-year-old kid, and, and the mayor put down, uh, you know, put some legislation up, an executive order banning guns on city properties, and it was shot, and, and it was denied by a, 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 a judge. And so certainly it's, uh, you know, disheartening. And i bring John Doherty in. Um, John, this, this crazy thing's going on around the city. Yeah, look, we're trying to keep the place safe. You know, we try to do it with jobs. Uh, you know, I, I know that this is only an hour show or maybe two if you, you, you take the first hour, the inclusive uh, labor conversation. We try to put everything that we have on the table. We try to be real. We try to talk to people who make a difference. And we're always talking to our listeners as well as our guests about trying to make Philly and the region better. And we believe we do. We just don't believe that, you know, uh, that right now this is completely out of control. You're going to have state senator, you know, Anthony Williams on. He's been fighting this, these issues in Harrisburg. You know, the judge, I know the judge that made the decision. I, I've known him for years. He's a, he's a good young judge. He's a fair-minded judge, you know, and I guess basically based his law on the fact that, you know, the state runs supreme when it comes to guns. You know, and, and you, you heard people say it between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, it's Alabama. You know, people yeah. love guns. People in the labor movement love their guns. And, you know, and uh, no one's, you know, and again, you know, I've always been someone who said, you know, 
because of our members, you know, our big hunters and, you know, people who enjoy that, that type of uh, activity. But I still haven't bumped in anybody that convinced me where these, uh, you know, magic guns they make online or these AK-47s, you know, that they keep in these drug houses, you know, are needed. And again, I've always been a big uh, and I've always been a big advocate of, listen, if they ain't going to change the laws, then give everybody guns. And people say, oh, you're out of your mind. Listen, they, they, what, I always believe look, the police should have the most powerful weapons because if the criminals have them, they need to have them. Absolutely. You know, I always believe that. 100%. Uh, you know, and and I, it's a common sense in, in, in a lot of sense. Joe and I have done shows with, pa- with, 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 with some uh, pastors uh, from the black clergy, and, and they'll tell you right up front, you know, when you talk about gun laws and all, they'll, they'll tell you directly, those aren't the guns that are committing the crimes. The ones you talk about, those guns, those, I forget, those ghost, ghost guns, guns, right, that, that obviously pe- people get. Um, and then I've always said that, you know, listen, um, if you ban guns from uh, good people, the only people will have them are bad people, and they'll know everybody doesn't have them. Drugs are illegal, okay, but the bad guys seem to get them. However, like John Doherty said, you should never be able to outgun the police. So there's got to be common sense in that process. Having said that, um, these ghost guns and this craziness is nuts. And I can understand where the mayor's coming from. I, I, I thought that there'd be some kind of issue with it. I, I mean, just because if somebody's if somebody has a license to carry and they're you know and they're in a park, uh, you know, defending themselves, you figure. You know, that, that a judge or somebody would look at the law and, and, and that's statewide and it'd be an issue. But the bottom line is, I, I think it's hard. I just remember, right see, I remember seeing the headline regarding the, the Roxborough oh. football players who were ambushed, you yeah. know, after practice. And I just remember, John, saying to myself when I was watching the you know, watching those first initial news stories coming out about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on in the city? It, it, we've lost the city. We've lost reality. I just don't understand it. Well, listen, you, you, you again, it's, it's easy to critique from where we sit. But, you know, you, you wish that, uh, you know, I've said it for years, you know, I ran a civic association for 20 some years. I had people come in and give me really good information. Say, Hey, they're selling guns out of this house. They're selling drugs out of this house. I was lucky enough. I had very responsive people in the city police department. You know, I had, you know, we had Sylvester Johnson. He said on the show, I used to call him all the time, you know, but my always feel would be, Hey, listen, if I can get that information then I imagine, you know, the police department has it. You know, and sometimes, you know, again, and I keep being told that, hey, when you hear that there's a house loaded with guns, you know, only a year or two, two, you know, a summer or two ago, you know, we had one guy in a in a house, you know, with a lot of ammunition, keep half the city's police department tied up, just shooting out the window, if you remember that. And people were telling me, hey, you don't want, you know, you, you, these situations, you don't want it to turn into something like the move, you know, situation or something along them lines. Uh, that's what I always get told, but I always think the opposite. I said, look, if you go in and, you know, take a house completely out, you know, take everybody in it with away, whatever you have to do to get rid of it, you know, whatever exposure that creates in that specific neighborhood. Okay. It sets that neighborhood up for years to come as some place where people will want to move, live and participate. Absolutely. You know, I used to get tons. Listen, I used to get tons 
of people at our civic association meetings, at the Penn Support Civic Association, a lot of them are older. All they wanted, nobody asked for too much. You know what they wanted? And consistently, they wanted to be able to keep their door open again. They wanted to just have a storm door with a screen in it that they didn't have to lock with two doors, you know, and put a chair up against it because they were afraid somebody would walk in the house and drop something, you know, and that's not too much to ask. And when you, when you live in, in an environment, and again, you know, we on this show, you know, we talked about them ghost guns. When they first was coming out, I said, somebody has to do something real quick. You know, you just have to blow something up to get, get find out where they're at and do what you have to do. You know, how would these, whatever amendments protect these nuts? You know, and we just got to do that. And, and again, you have to be aggressive. And again, that, again, maybe, you know, my philosophy in life has been lead from the front, not from the back. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm a little different. But, you know, and so I have to give Senator Williams. And I, I was going to say what he comes in. He's always been on top of this. You know, he's, he's, and he, he fights Harrisburg on a lot of issues. You know, I, you know, and again, he's a guy, when you'll hear about guns, you'll hear about, you know, uh, we're going to talk about Amazon, but man's always been, you know, about jobs. You know, and I have to tell you, I, I've been around him a long time. And, you know, not only has he been on top of guns, he's been on top of charter schools. And when he was on top of jo- jobs, he didn't care as long as we had jobs. He didn't care. He wanted to make sure his neighborhood got them, but he didn't care if another neighborhood got them either. So so it's a, a difficult conversation. You know, I, uh, again, I tell you, the mayor's you know position has always been, you know, he's always been a, a sanctuary city type of guy. OK, his resume said that for decades. So it wasn't a surprise. You know, that's the way I got Larry Krasner. You got to look at how he, you know, who he represented and what he represented. Okay. Again, his resume didn't lie. So people who voted had to understand that Larry Krasner was going to be the way Larry Krasner is. Jim Kenny was going to be the way Jim Kenny is. You know, the, the police commissioner, I don't, you know, I, I don't have a job. I, you know me, I'm a homer. I always like to, you know, you got guys, I can name five guys, you know, inside uh, that department one or two that left and one or two that are there that I know are no shit type of guys that I thought they might, you know, they might step up and, you know, I, and I, again, you don't want to get in the, you know, Philadelphia police politics, but you know, you just need to put the best and the brightest and the baddest out there because that's what you're dealing with. When you have kids 14 years old shooting people in the chest in broad daylight. Okay. Under the love statue in center city, when you have a guy walking into a house, in the neighborhood that I live in with the intent of robbing the, a, a senior family and then realizes that there's a, a kid sleeping in a bed and, and stops to assault her or any of these videos where there's five or six or seven kids jumping out and shooting guns into a car. That's not a normal atmosphere. You can't treat that by the book. Okay. You know, again, I, I'm, a, I'm a little over the edge with this, but, you know, somebody just has to do what they have to do. Make an example. You know, if there are five kids were running down the street, okay, shooting guns, and five cop cars pulled up and shot them all? Okay, I know it sounds crazy. But then five kids are shooting little kids these days, costing us not only lives, but they cost, they put us in an awkward position. We're canceling football games on Saturday night. You know, they make movies at Friday night lights and things like that because it becomes a way of life in townships. I used to look forward to going to the St. Joe prep football games. Okay. You can't even go to a game on a Saturday night because you're afraid. Some, it went, like, come on. And now what are you going to do? Uh, 
you know, say he had a bad home life. Come on, we all had bad home life sometimes. We all had good home life sometimes. You know, it's ridiculous. I, I, I don't want to go on a tirade, but, you know, for me, it's, it's just uh, very frustrating. And, you know, I took one shot at politics and I really am glad that I never really won because I would have, I would have only been there for a short period of time. I would have did crazy stuff. I would have said crazy stuff. There's just nothing. I mean, I, especially what's going on now. It's ridiculous. Them three situations are really close to me. You know, somebody walked into a house in my neighborhood, okay, where Celia and myself used to, you know, I used to run the Civic Association and tried to rob older people and assaulted, sexually assaulted a, a, a young girl on the way out the door. Well, ten, of, 10 of night, just walked in the house. Are you out of your, out of your mind? It can't happen in my neighborhood. It can't happen in your neighborhood. The John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Senator Anthony Williams on the other side. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. And we're back here live on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. This is the John Doherty Hour, and we're live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get uh, the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Senator Anthony Williams. We'll uh, get him into the conversation. John, I want to come right to you. Good opening segment uh, here on the John Doherty Hour. You're in rhythm tonight, my friend. Well done and well stated uh, in that opening segment. Let me come back to you uh, so you can get Senator Williams in and we can kick off the segment. Yeah, Senator Williams, I, you know, I started telling you earlier, the man has always taken positions that are different, okay, that are good for his region, that aren't necessarily, you know, the normal Democratic, you know, uh, positions. He's always been for charter schools, and he's always been for opportunities of different types of educations. Like I told you, I've watched him. He's absolutely for diversity, okay, but I've also watched him up close, okay, and he doesn't care who would get the jobs. You know, I mean, he, he wants diversity in unions. He pushed for that. But if you could create jobs and you had jobs for your neighborhood, go get them. Okay. And then when you, with guns, he's fought that issue for a while. You know, and again, he's, he's, he's been someone who stands up. If you take a good look at the history of Philadelphia, he's someone that's been involved in selecting mayors. He was involved in selecting, you know, John Street, you know, and that was, uh, the first African, you know, I mean, he was involved with Wilson Good, but he was really involved with John Street. He was involved with, you know, electing African-American mayors in Philadelphia, you know, before uh, and he had been elected. He's been a, he's done a tremendous amount of uh, bringing people up through his system. If you take a look at Jordan Harris and some of the other people in Harrisburg, or in fact, a lot of Joanna McClintock and them, they all came out of his system and they're all leaders. They're all bringing big projects and big monies back. Philadelphia, and again, he's he's fighting this battle every day, and I, I know why he's pissed about Amazon because he's a guy that you know when you you shake his hand, it's a deal. You don't have to put it in writing. So I can't imagine how frustrated he is with that. And you know, if he's there, let's bring him on and get him talking. Senator, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much for having me on tonight uh, for a short period of time. And John Dockery, that was a very generous and kind uh, introduction. Um, you know, I don't need to tell you, but I want everybody else to understand. My friends are my friends, no matter where they are in life. And John Dockery has been a friend to myself and a lot of people 
some of those folks don't show up, I do. I stick. And um, he is a guy who's made literally the economy in Philadelphia move forward with making sure that we have decent wages, that unions are represented, but also that developers are understood. Uh, he's been an extraordinary leader who has a vision for what Philadelphia can be for all of us. And um, I'm just proud to be a part of his relationship. I'm grateful of all the support he's given me over the years and people in my network over the years. And he's absolutely right. I, I do fight a different fight than most of my, my colleagues because, frankly, you know, in Philadelphia, you, have to, you, have to, you can't just be a left-handed puncher or a right-handed puncher. You've got to have all sorts of angles from which you come. And so I don't care whether you're a Democrat, Republican, black, white. If you are in the mix in Philadelphia and you're doing the right thing, I'm going to be right there for you. And Amazon is absolutely outrageous with regard to what it's done across the country. You know, I took an opportunity to support them, uh, trying to put a site in Philadelphia, Southwest Philadelphia. Um, I went to SEPTA and asked them to, you know, move out the way because Amazon had its money loaded up. And they committed that they would have workforce from that community, that they would listen to the community in terms of development, and also give back to that community. And I mentioned three things, none of which they've done, literally none of which they've done. And uh, so those of us who are talking tonight, we know that Amazon historically is not a union shop. But if this one's going to open, uh, we need to make sure it's organized and is a union shop because, you know, if I can't get something done, how's the worker who's going to be in that building make sure they're protected once they're in there working for Amazon? So I'm grateful you give me this time, and I'll be happy to, to answer questions and, and certainly engage you all because I want to make sure we start to get organized to prepare for Amazon. So, so Senator, uh, uh, the distribution center, uh, you know, it was built nearly a year ago. What is the holdup? Well, the, you know, the whole distribution system has slowed down in America for two reasons. One, the worker population is not what it is, is, is difficult to fill the, these jobs um, at the amount of money they're asking people to work in the, the, the hours. So there's a challenge in that part, but also the economy is slowing down. And so therefore the need for Amazon and the rapid growth it, it, it experienced is not necessarily as, as high. But that said, you know, Philadelphia, the surrounding region is still robust. Um, they still will be opening these, these centers at some point in time. And so it may not be tomorrow, but sometime in the near future, they're probably going to be planning on opening that site. Now, this is a wrinkle. You know, this moment is a wrinkle in their conversation. But um, the economy slowed down along with finding workers has affected them. And, you know, you make a, 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 a great point. Uh, you talk about the workforce. We talked about it in, in the first hour. It's, it, you know, what the pandemic, um, you know, everybody thought that obviously after the uh, pandemic unemployment ended that everybody would be in line for any type of job. One thing that I think has been obvious, and, and, and you talked about, obviously, the opportunity to organize those jobs at Amazon. People, I'm not surprised at all that they can't find workers um, to, to, to you know, fill those jobs because workers don't want to work for peanuts. They don't want to work. They want, they want a career. They want an opportunity. And by the way, there were like almost a trillion-dollar company. Uh, if anybody can afford it, they can. And what they've done to organizing efforts like they did in Alabama, uh, you know, if, if you had to go to the bathroom on the, on the floor, um, you had to go to the bathroom and get back before that, that robot was, you know, was, was, was coming up your way. And so the point I'm making is um, those jobs, if they want to fill them, unionizing would be a great idea. And I'm, there, you know, 
there's uh, uh, Amazon, I think it's in New York, where they were successful in organizing and unionizing the shop um, and have been successful. One, you know, what companies in America need to understand, unions are not the enemy. What's the enemy is the working condition under which people have to operate, whether it's union or not union. And what we're, ha- what we're experiencing in America is that the workers finally standing up, whether they're part of a union or not, and saying, you know, I don't have to take this anymore. I can make, I, I find other options. And so, frankly, you know, having a union in your place of business that's organized and can speak with one voice as opposed to confusion and chaos, um, it's not a bad thing. Um, it actually can be a productive thing if you, if you agree and embrace it, embrace it intelligently. The problem is Amazon, which has some of the highest turnover of any company in the world, let alone a large corporate America, should be an embarrassment. If you and I had the, the employee turnover that they have, Many people would question us about, you know, our work ethic or the environment in which people have to come to work or a variety of other things they'd be questioning us about. That's the question that should be posed to Amazon right now. Why is it so many people turning over and why is it so difficult to find people to stay? And that has to be part of the the culture of that corporation. John Doherty? Yeah, just so the there's one thing I know the senator can do, and it's supply people for jobs. And the people, anybody he's ever recommended to us, you know, in the labor movement, you know, has been a great worker and has actually become active in the unions. So I know that, you know, he can supply jobs. I know he'll get resources to educate people. I know that he'll make sure that, you know, they understand it's a career and not a job. Okay. Uh, But he's right. I mean, you know, big companies like that, you know, I've made a living fighting them. Okay. Because to just take advantage, you know, there's never enough money. I mean, take a look at Amazon. Every time you turn around, they're doing something from, you know, Prime TV to Whole Fields on and on. I mean, they're just everywhere. And and they've created an atmosphere, and you have to give, you know, them guys credit. They, they, do, they do their business well, but they mistreat people. I mean, it's, it's well documented. Senator, again, what, what, it's something that, you know. Yeah. Well, here's what I don't understand, and let me ask Senator Anthony Williams um, to just help me understand it, because I'm thinking maybe the listening audience doesn't understand it either. If, if, if Amazon makes a deal to put a facility in a location and they get concessions and, and the mountain is moved for the deal to happen, right? and then the deal happens, and then Amazon says, oh, wait a minute, or maybe they say nothing, they don't fulfill their part of the deal. I don't understand it. I don't understand how they cannot be held accountable, you know, to fulfilling what they said they would do, which was the reason that they were allowed to be there. Senator, what was the la- when was the last communication what, what, that you had with them? What was it? Oh, oh that's been months ago. Um, been months ago. But, you know, it's kind of you posed that question, so... You know, it's the first time in this country that that question has really been with corporate America challenge. And the deal with uh, TikTok and um, uh, what's the guy's name, the billionaire's name? Um, Elon Musk. Yeah, right. Who's now, frankly, forced to buy it. Yeah. Um, because he said, I want to buy it. Then wanted to back out. Um, but very clear. He didn't back out. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. We agree based upon he desired to do so, but he knew he was going to probably lose the case. That has now opened the door for a lot of us 
who are just, who are talking about corporate America, you know, a lot of it goes towards it's private, I control it, and all that kind of stuff. But the law does protect workers. And what we need to do is much more aggressively challenge companies like Amazon on the fact they've moved into a community. Yes, they bought the property. One, I'm going to be talking to my council member down there, Councilman Kenyatta Johnson. Every time they don't cut the grass, every time they, they miss uh, some kind of payment, we need to be all over their butt saying, you bought the property, you're going to maintain the property. It's not going to be an eyesore, okay? So from the, from the smallest to the largest challenge based upon the law, we are going to be in the face of Amazon making it clear that you're not going to be one of those stories that said they bought something and then got over and got what they wanted to move on. That's not going to be the story of Philadelphia. They chose us, and now they're going to marry us, and they're going to treat us with respect. Because I will tell you, you know, shows like this, reach workers. And even though some don't necessarily pay attention to everything that happens, I do know that the consequences now, they're going to look at Amazon differently. And the possibility of us collectively organizing around this becomes a reality. And from that, I know corporate America, specifically Amazon, has great concern for that. John, let me tell us. Yeah, let me tell the senator. It's funny. He said, you know, people listen to this. You'd be shocked at the Nielsen ratings. We're always up high. We get great ratings, which actually surprises me on a regular basis. But the, the quality of people that we we get are everybody in the labor community listens. And then there's a ton of other people like, you know, you'll see Dom Giordano will tell you that he listens to this show. And he said this show has a lot of heart. Right. And again, it's some it's I would not know the details of a lot of issues if people like you didn't come on and talk about them. So feel free to come in anytime you want. You know, I mean, Amazon is accustomed to, if you remember when they were looking to put their corporate office here and basically they say, Hey, we're looking to take poor neighborhoods and give them a way of life. Okay. But they want concessions and they want tax breaks to do it. I remember when they were trying to come to Philly and I think they wound up choosing Newark and they said that Newark had a better demographic than we did. Well, here they come into Southwest Philly, a place that really could use, you know, a corporate center, someplace that, you know, can create a job. So whatever we can do to help you, you know, get some jobs in that building, you know, please let us know. A lot of people listen to this place and a lot of people want to hear from you. So use this show, call in more frequently. You know, we can sneak you in anytime you want to talk about anything from schools to guns right. to Amazon. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, my man. And, uh, you know, as always, you're my prayers, you and your family. Um, and uh, we got your back like you had our back for, 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 for years. Um, and for those who are listening, you know, more, de- to, more details to follow. And I thank you for the you know, generous opportunity to, to uh, come back and continue on. I will definitely t- take you up on that. And, uh, you know, as always, we're going to follow Sunday tomorrow. Uh, first, my, my church service, and then my next service will be, you know, at the altar of the eagles. Absolutely. Sure <laughs> that, we're all speaking the same language. Good there, way to it there, PA Senator Anthony Williams uh, here Thanks tonight on the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Senator, great stuff. Thank you for coming on. All right, good stuff. We'll get to a commercial break here on the John Doherty Hour. We roll on. We jump from one hot topic to an X. Back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. 
moving right along on the John Doherty Hour here on a Saturday night. This is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Yeah, Joe, uh, we've, we've talked, we have a couple guests coming on right now that are representing an issue that we've talked about many times, even earlier on this particular broadcast, the organizing of, uh, you know, the Starbucks, the Amazons and all those places, because people no longer want to work under, uh, you know, Ridiculous conditions, number one, making uh, ridiculously low wages. And so we're ecstatic to bring on to the program Alex Riccio, who's an organizer uh, of the recently formed Philly-based Local 80 with it. it's, uh, within Workers United. Uh, and having said that, also Kay Perry, who's a worker uh, at, at Ultimo uh, Coffee, who's working uh, to organize her workplace as well. Uh, first of all, Alex and, and Kay, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, great to be here. Hi, thanks for having me. It, it, it's great to have you both. First, I want to ask Alex, uh, a lot of our listeners may not know about Local 80. If you would uh, tell us about the union's uh, f- formation and, and, and its purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So Local 80 is the newest local union under the umbrella of the Philadelphia Joint Board of Workers United. So we're part of Workers United, been around for 115 plus years, and it's no news, I'm sure, to you all and to your listeners that we've been organizing a lot of cafe workers lately. Um, Not only do I organize with PJB, I'm also on the national staff team for the Starbucks campaign. Yep. And so coffee shop organizing has really been taking off in the past couple of years, and I would say that this is part of an extension of that organizing momentum that's happening nationwide and 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 the fact is people uh, they they want the the representation that a union can provide it makes it more than a job it makes it a career how many members do you now have um and and organizing wins uh so far in this region for local 80 now this local only formed in march of this past year so it's a new local, but we've already exceeded now with Ultimo coming on board and gearing up to win their election. We're going to have 100 plus members for that union that represents workers at Course Shack Bagels in Philadelphia, Good Karma Cafe, also Elixir Coffee Roasters recently just gained voluntary recognition. And now we're pending an election with Ultimo. So those are all the units that are part of Local 80. And uh, I anticipate it's going to keep growing and it's going to continue growing at the same momentum and and the sentiment of the workers everybody excited about being a part of 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 a union and finally having some workers rights absolutely i think one of the big things that excites the workers is not only re-socializing their workplaces and gaining power in the workplace but it's also being part of this bigger movement Uh, one of the workers today earlier at our solidarity sip-in that we did at the new bold location of baltimore coffee told me that they feel like we're building a new community in town like we're starting to form something that's more powerful in the solidarity not only within the workplace but across workplaces is something that i think is inspiring for all of them involved absolutely okay uh if you will what are what are some of the most common uh worker abuses um yourself and 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 your co-workers have encountered that inspired the uh, uh, organizational uh, situation? Sure. Great question. I'd say there's definitely a range depending on, you know, individual cafes, individual workers, obviously 
people have their own, you know, unique grievances that they bring to these campaigns. Um, but I think that some common things are um, surprising amount of wage theft, like missing pay, um, harassment on the job, I think is a really big thing. Um, and I think what's really, what remains like the, the most core um, element of all of these campaigns and of, you know, all of these workers' ties uh, to local 80 and to like labor organizing um, remains just that that you know real fundamental like having a say and you know feeling like they have dignity or, or respect at, at work you know there's a real like lack of that and um, I, I think that that's really the the most fundamental one um, feeling yeah like a, like a lack of dignity a lack of respect for you know uh, kind of like a lack of humanity in, in some of these uh, uh, work environments. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Can you Alex, go ahead, John. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Can Alex, you hear me now? And, yeah. And Kate. Okay, just so you know, like, uh, I've, you know, I've been organizing since the early 90s, and I have to tell you, uh, when we started, we, we actually, at, you know, I was at Local 98, the electrician's union up on Spring Garden Street. You know, we were a bankrupt union. We didn't have too many people. We've grown, you know, five, six times in size, you know, over the years. And it was all with, you know, a, a skilled apprentice program, but a tremendous amount of consolidation, merging, and organizing. And I have to tell you, we were early, we were into the salt and pepper avenue, which is so completely different today. But I have to let you know, every year I used to do polling and surveying, and we never really had, okay, we never really had the support of the public. Okay, in today's environment, you know, and I know you guys and girls already out here that, I mean, the Joe Q public is, is greater support for unions today than ever. So please don't stop. You know, get your message across tonight. You know, if you got some phone numbers or addresses or something you want to get out, Please do. If there's any avenue that we can be helpful, please let us know tonight. You know, use this radio show to your advantage. You know, I could never understand where, you know, people were charging more for a cup of, uh, you know, a, a chai latte frappuccino more than they were paying somebody an hourly wage. Just could never understand that. It never sat well with me. You know, and I'm so happy that you guys are doing what you're doing. So just just jump on. You got a little bit of time there. Please tell us, you know, how if anybody wants to get in contact with you, places where we should go and buy coffee, places where we should stay out of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for now, I'd say all the non-union coffee shops you can avoid those, but for it won't be too much longer before they're all union. One of the things that I really think is noteworthy about Local 80 that I want to just put out there for your y'all and your listeners is that we envision this local to be an industrial union. So that's why we're so committed to organizing as many across as many companies as possible, but also our organizing committees interact with each other a lot. We're trying not to seg separate different company organizing committees from each other. Even in bargaining, we're going to often approach it as a local rather than just in discrete units. So we have a vision for organizing all of coffee in Philadelphia. And I would say immediately, you know, first, it is important to say that the community has been amazingly supportive of our efforts, which is always appreciated. But in particular, in the short term, something that listeners can do to support the ultimate workers in their fight for a union 
is go to the Germantown Ultimo location this coming Friday, anytime between 10 and 2 o'clock. We're hosting a solidarity sip-in at that location. And what that means is we ask community supporters to show up, buy a drink, tip the workers well, wear your union gear, and just basically show them how much support they have in the community. And then just hang out, like hang out in the cafe, bring a book to read, talk to fellow community supporters as well as workers when they're on break. It goes a long way in boosting their morale and making them feel like they have a lot more power in numbers than just themselves at their one store. So that's like an immediate call to action. And I don't know if, Kay, you want to add anything else to that. Uh, Sure, yeah. Um, Just a a quick correction there. Um, I think Alex mentioned the the Germantown job. It's actually the the graduate hospital location this coming Friday at 22nd and Catherine Street um, towards, like, Center City, a little bit like Southwest. Um, But I would just love to echo that point that – I think that's a really great way that people can come and show support. Um, also coming into any of, you know, your neighborhood, uh, Ultimos, whichever one might be local to you. Um, and just congratulating the workers on their union drive and, you know, giving that verbal support, I think goes a long way at this stage of the process. And, and you know, Lynn Fox was on the broadcast, uh, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the head of the joint board of Workers United here and nationally, and incredibly supportive. The enthusiasm that you have from, uh, you know, the joint board and really on a national level, this may be the organizing campaign of their lifetime. So keep up the great work. And like John Dockery said, we're here uh, for whatever you need. Uh, we, we, you have our support. Well, solidarity. Absolutely. All right, good stuff from Alex Riccio and Kay Perry joining us here tonight on the John Doherty Hour. We'll get to our final commercial break here uh, on the uh, Labor Show, the John Doherty Hour, live here on a Saturday night. And we'll wrap it up on the other side back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. Rapid fire on the final segment of the John Doherty Hour here tonight live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. John and I will bring us uh, bring us home. Uh, we'll bring Scott Money Myers into the conversation uh, in just a moment and get his take on some of the weekend stuff. John, real quick, I wanted to ask in that last segment, everything sounds so good and the organizing sounds so great. I'm wondering what the early pitfalls are, if any, that somebody organizing needs to be aware of. And perhaps that's too long of a question to get into now, but you've done it for your entire career. Uh, what's your initial thought reaction on a question like that? Well, the, the, main, the main pitfall is exactly what Senator Williams bumped into. You know, people have so much money that they can just close. Okay, somebody's as you've seen with Starbucks, you know, I, uh, there was a line I read earlier today who said that the union's efforts were interfering with his life's game plan. Okay, so you get somebody out there that's capable of doing anything. The minute that they win a drive, they can stop, they can close a business. So that that's always the pitfall. And the rest is a long-term conversation, you know, take a whole show. Hey, how about we jump back in with uh, Scott Myers? Because yeah, let's I know get him in here. Scott Money Myers yeah, joins us here on the John Doherty Hour. Let's get him in, John. Hey, Philly's up, great fellas? game last night. 
Looking for them to win big tonight, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for them to pull it out tonight. I'd like to see that. I'm I'm on fire with the uh, NCAA today. After I get off the air with you guys, I might have to take an ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Not too much, brother. Saturday night, brother. We got a couple of minutes left in the show, man, and and I don't want to take away from any of your, uh, you know, from any of the thunder, the the, the um. Uh, the aura of Scott Money Meyer starting to lead and build into that showdown uh, with the Philly Godfather and, of course, uh, your showdown with uh, John Doherty, which I love because Krause's coats is going to get some coats won't come one way or another. I'm going to get some coats out of it, and I can help some, I can help some people in need. He needs an ice bath for, <laughs> for today. And last week he gave us San Diego was his number one play. And I had about six people text me saying, hey, Scott Myers was right on. They were up like 21 nothing. But I do believe that we picked two games, me and him, last week. And I do believe that I need the ice bath because I had two winners last week. So I think maybe, you know, we'll close the show tonight with when he gives his picks. I'll probably pick one or two I disagree with. And we'll add that to our competition for Krause's coach. Yeah, I love it. Scotty, who do you like this week, brother? Well, listen, I'm not worried about the contest. Uh, you know, sometimes the, the, the public wins. It's not a big deal. I trust my process. And I just need a date on when the coach are due because I don't like to play with my food. I want to end this thing quick. And I want John to have a nice selection of all the coats on the rack and the pick of the litter. So, uh, you know, I want to end this nice and quick. So uh, just give me a date on that. It's a good cause, and uh, we'll, we'll make ever, anything happen. But for this week, I like two games. I like to give out five, six games, as you know. And uh, I like the 1 o'clock. I, I like two heavy favorites at 1, which is, against usually what I like to do. And uh, 1 p.m., I like Buffalo. They're going against Pickett. It's his first start in a hostile environment. They've been on the road for three weeks. That, that place is going to be going crazy. And then um, the other 1 o'clock game, I like Tampa Bay. Falcons are four zero against the spread. I uh, I like Tampa to cover that one. At four o'clock, you got the Niners coming from the West Coast to a one o'clock East Coast game. I like Carolina plus the six and a half. The Phillies and the Cards. The Phillies. The, the, the Eagles lead the league in a plus eight turnover ratio. The Cardinals have not won a home game since October twenty fourth, two thousand twenty one. Eight straight, they've lost. I'm taking the Cardinals plus the five and a half. A look ahead to Dallas for the Eagles. They're going to come out flat. And I like the Las Vegas Raiders plus seven on Monday night against the Chiefs. And uh, once I win these games, I go four and one or five and zero. Oh, we're going to take the money sign off the C of Doc and replace it because it's probably Velcro. It's not bordered like my money sign. And we're going to replace it with something mushy like mashed potatoes or something. <laughs> all right, John. I, I got all Money Myers picks down, brother. Give me a couple of your picks here. Let's. Uh, I'm tallying and keeping score. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll go opposite of him on two. I'll take. I'll take uh, Kansas City on Monday night, and I'll take the Atlanta Falcons against uh, Tampa Bay. All right, good stuff. I love it. Good stuff. Let me make sure I got that recorded. Okay, good stuff. Scott Money Myers uh, wrapping us up here on the uh, John Doherty Hour. Scotty, great stuff, man. Catch up. We'll catch up with you next week, John. I got uh, thirty seconds before I got to say goodbye. Have a good night, fellas. Yeah. I- just so, just so you know, uh, Scott's daughter, as we talked about in the past, 
is a phenomenal athlete, a freshman, has a physical disability, and hits a softball farther than anybody we know. And some gossip, Jimmy Snell talked him over the weekend. They had a gigantic meeting over the hydrogen plant. You know, what we thought was only going to be four to six might be eight. If that's the case, we'll definitely get one in this region. And shout out to Jimmy Snell and his team for, you know, Richie Laser and Brian McGlinchey and all them guys. They, they've done a wonderful job, you know, making sure Delaware, New Jersey, and Philadelphia are in the mix. Wow, that's, a really, that's really good news, man. That's a great shout out to end the John Doherty Hour here tonight. Great Spirited Live Hour. This is the John Doherty Hour on behalf of Jay Doc and, of course, on behalf of our gracious host, John Doherty and Frank Keel. I'm Joe Krause and Sean, of course, in the studio. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.